Get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. Who am I? That is one of humanity's greatest questions. And why does that question actually matter? If we don't know who we are, we will never understand our true value. But why is it vital that we know our true value? Each of us was born for something greater. We were called to step out of our comfort zone into a bigger, brighter future. But if we don't understand our true value, we're gonna sell ourselves short. If we don't know our true value, how can we ever be bold in fulfilling our purpose? How can we make a difference? We're gonna shrink back when we need to reach forward. We're gonna compare when we need to really celebrate. We're gonna strive when we really need to rest. So what is our true value? When trying to find big answers, I like to start at the beginning. Eve, that was the first woman to be created. Now, she was expertly formed. She was designed with a purpose. She is the creator's priceless masterpiece. Now, God said in Genesis 2:18, it's not good for man to be alone. So let me make a helpmate for man. Voila, Eve's purpose. Eve was created by God to be to help man. Now, I want you to hear me out. I am not saying that she was made to be subservient to man and do his bidding. And she wasn't created to be secondary to man. She wasn't made to just be the help. So let's go back to what God did say. In Genesis 2:18, let me make a helpmate for man. Now, helpmate here is not a word that we currently use. So because of that, the meaning is lost. So to understand what God really meant by helpmate, we need to go back to its original language, and that was Hebrew. So suitable helpmate is ezer konegdo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it means corresponding one, helper that's opposite to. Now, Adams Clark's commentary says that ezer konegdo implies that the woman was to be a perfect resemblance of the man, possessing neither inferiority nor superiority, but being in all things like and equal to himself. It also means something far more powerful than helper. It means life saver. This phrase is only used elsewhere of God when you needed him to come through for you desperately. You can find an example in Deuteronomy 33, 26. Ah, that is amazing. That's Eve's purpose. She was created to be a lifesaver. She was created to be Adam's ally. Now, God created Eve and all women with special God-given traits that Adam and all people need. Now, if Adam and man was enough on his own, God wouldn't have needed to make Eve or woman. Now, Earlier, God said, let's make man in our own image, male and female. He created them. That's in Genesis 1, 26. So we have a special value just by being a woman. 
God couldn't fit all of himself into man. So he needed to create woman. And as women, there are special aspects of our nature that are straight from God. We're made in his image. But why do we need to know this? We need to know why we exist. We need to know our identity so that we can know our true value. Now, Eve was created to, to do what Adam couldn't. She was created to express a facet, of, a facet of God's nature that Adam wasn't created to express. Now, one facet is being relational. It's, it's one of the reasons why women can cry at those Hallmark commercials. Well, not all women, but a lot of them. But some men think we're crazy. I'm one of those crazy ones. I will cry at the drop of a hat. But who do you want to surround you with love and care when you're sick? And who do the kids typically run to when they get that, that boo-boo they need kissed? Or they cry out in the middle of the night and need comfort. In general, who do you go to when you want some quality conversation? Who do you go to when you, when you need someone to cheer you on and celebrate? Who do you need to cry with you when, when, when things aren't going so well? Our relational strength, it even shows up in, in all aspects of our life, including business. Um, I found this interesting. Inc. Magazine cited that women-owned businesses are 1.7 times more productive than male-owned businesses. Now, that is almost twice as productive. Why? Well, they cited two reasons. One is women are much better at leading their teams because they take time to see their employees as a whole person and not just worker bees. And two, women are better at building deeper relationships with their customers, with their suppliers, and even their vendors, more so than men. So these are qualities we received from our Heavenly Father, and they're to lift others up. We are designed to be lifesavers. Here's where Eve ran into trouble. In Genesis 3.1, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said to you, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? So the crafty serpent comes to Eve and, and questions. Now, why she didn't freak out because a snake is talking to her, that's a story for another day. But he puts doubt in her mind of what God says. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So Eve answers, oh, well, he told us that we can't eat it or even touch it or we will die. Now, side note, God didn't actually say they couldn't touch it. Eve embellished on that one on her own. What does the serpent do? He breeds more doubt by preying on Eve's identity. You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And that's in Genesis 3, 4, and 5. Notice the line, you will be like God. 
The serpent made her feel as if she wasn't enough, that she needed to be like God in order to feel valuable. Let's go back to Genesis 1.26. Let's make man in our own image, male and female. He created them. Eve was already made in God's image. Eve didn't need the fruit to become more. She didn't, she didn't need the fruit to fulfill her purpose. She was perfect, just as she was. She was enough. But Eve didn't realize her true value, so she sold herself short. She sold herself out to become something that she already was, but she didn't know it. So how about you? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see someone that's beautiful, made in God's image? Do you see someone that needs to lose a few pounds and, oh my gosh, my complexion is blotchy and, and you know, I got the hair that never seems to cooperate? Do you see somebody destined for greatness? Do you see somebody who is valuable? Or do you see a failure whose past is too sketchy for a perfect God to use? I want you to do this at home. Take 30 seconds and stare at yourself in the mirror. Yes, it's gonna be awkward. And I want you to ask, who do you see? Who do you see? And I want you to write that down. Good or bad, just write it down. Compliments. Now, when someone compliments you for killing it on that new project, what do you say? Do you believe them? You say, thank you? Or do you deflect the compliment and think to yourself, they're just trying to be nice? How do you receive a compliment? How do you receive a compliment? Do you receive it or do you deflect it? I want you to write that down. Now. How about when you read God's word and you see you're fearfully and wonderfully made? That's Psalm 139, 14. How does that make you feel? I want you to write that down. Now your self-image is defined as the idea or conception, the mental image that we have of ourselves. It's how we see ourselves. It's our identity. But do we always see ourselves as God sees? Is what we think about ourselves the truth? Now, understanding our true identity is a vital facet of us understanding our true value. And if we are gonna be able to fulfill our purpose, we must first understand our identity and our true value. So next time, we're going to discover another aspect of our identity. So until next time, Live fearlessly free.